On this episode, I get to speak with Yvonne Taylor from the Seneca Lake Guardians. We talk about the environmental concern from the Bitcoin mining operation on Seneca Lake and what the organization is doing to voice their concerns. They also have a few more environmental concerns in the greater Seneca Lake area. If you want to find out more, uh, you can reach out to them on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. You can also follow Caleb vs. Self on Instagram or email at calebvsself at gmail.com for any comments, suggestions, or feedback. On a separate note, I did reach out to the Bitcoin mining operation via email and have not heard back for a comment. I will update this podcast if I do get any sort of response from them. Outside of that, I hope you enjoy. All right, so cryptocurrency is obviously a hot button topic. Uh, today I have Yvonne Taylor with me from Seneca Lake Guardian, and we were just about to dive into what you've learned and some of the situations going around the country. So I'll just let you have at it. Sure. Well, thank you, Caleb, for having me. Um, What we're learning is, uh, you know, cryptocurrency is becoming a a global problem. Countries like China and India are banning the practice, not only because they've uh, discovered that it is siphoning uh, power away or electricity away from the public, but it's also undermining their, their climate goals. So, uh, these miners are unplugging their machines and moving by the droves to the United States, where there is currently no uh, regulation on the industry. New York State happens to be uh, the, the highest flyer with uh, almost 20% of the Bitcoin mining operations in the country. Um, but we just learned a few days ago that there's another, uh, they call them data centers, because it sounds uh, a little more understandable and, and more uh, enticing to the, the public. Um, but there's going to be another one uh, co- coming online in West Virginia. So we're meeting with uh, that community who's very concerned about the potential impacts uh, to their environment. Uh, we've connected with a group in Texas uh, where, you know, um, Texas is, is truly the wild west. They, they want to become the, the, the hub for Bitcoin mining operations and the communities there are getting very concerned. So we're uh, not only networking with folks across New York state, uh, but we're also uh, trying to connect with folks across the country as this industry moves into the U.S., yeah, and in, in in my research, at least at this point, it seems to be that that you guys, uh, Seneca Lake Guardians, along with a few other folks, are starting to become the the tip of the spear, if you will, on fighting and informing the public on what uh, is going on with a lot of these Bitcoin mining operations. The biggest one, obviously, the one that you specifically got involved with is here in Seneca Lake uh, with Greenage. Could you kind of elaborate a little more on how that timeline worked from it being a non-operating coal fire plant to now being a a cryptocurrency mining operation? Sure. So for for years, since the 1950s, we had a coal-fired power plant on the western shore of Seneca Lake in the town of uh, Torrey. And we were elated when that coal-fired power plant shut down. Uh, several years ago, it was no longer needed to provide power to the public. And, uh, you know, the, the residents nearby were quite happy because, you know, the coal ash dust would settle on their um, outdoor furniture. And um, it was sure. it was problematic for many reasons. 
And um, so for, for, I think six years, there was, there, it was shut down. There was no emissions coming out of that plant. And then Atlas Holdings, a, a corporation uh, located in Connecticut, uh, decided that they wanted to repower that plant uh, with fracked gas. And at the onset, they, they said that they were only going to operate about 6% of the time to provide power to the public in times of high demand. So uh, operating as what we would be consider a peaker plant. And even at that uh, proposal, we, we balked. We didn't want it to come back online at all. Um, and we didn't think that there was a need for it. We were concerned about, um, you know, burning more fossil fuels in our area. Um, yeah. But then, you know, the company came back online and um, soon discovered that it was not profitable. Big surprise there. Um, and so they started installing Bitcoin machines. Suddenly, this plant was operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week, burning fossil fuels, not to provide power to the public, but to for private financial gain, uh, earning Bitcoin. And um, just with the 7,900 machines that they started out with, the air emissions increased tenfold. So uh, if I could, at that point, who finds that out? Like, is that something that goes to the DEC? Do they have to get permitting? Like, how, how does that process work to find out that they're emitting 10 times more? So that is all publicly available information. Um, we are collaborating with renowned law firm uh, Earth Justice, who's helping us out with some of that, uh, you know, scientific data. And they're the ones that have been kind of monitoring the air emissions and communicating uh, on our behalf with the Department of Environmental Conservation. Okay. Uh, so they're the ones that found that out. Uh, you know, since then, however, they've, they, I believe, are up to 15,300 mining machines. And their ultimate goal is to go to 30,000 or more right okay. on that one site. And obviously the concern there being the increased power consumption and the way that they generate that power currently is natural gas burning uh, operation. And, and if I'm not mistaken, please at any point correct me if I'm wrong here. There's mm -hmm. also the concern of using the water in Seneca Lake, pulling it in and pumping it back out at a higher temperature. Who is that also something that's publicly available? Uh, is that something that goes through? Uh, that law firm to communicate to the, to the DEC? How, who handles all that information to get it to the right place? Uh, that's all part of their permit um, okay. that was handed down to them by the Department of Environmental Conservation. And this is the sad, the sad state of affairs is that when they uh, were coming back online as a peaker plant, um, Rather than considering this a new source of pollution and going through a full environmental review, uh, the Department of Environmental Conservation simply reissued the old permitting conditions that the former coal power plant had um, that predate the Clean Water Act. So 
Greenwich is permitted by the DEC currently to withdraw 139 million gallons of our lake water every day, uh, which is a, a huge amount. I mean, if you want to try to put that into perspective, that's close to 28,000 tanker trucks lined up end to end for 102 miles every day. Gotcha. Um, and then they are permitted to discharge that water back into uh, a trout stream that feeds directly back into Seneca Lake, uh, 134 million gallons a day at temperatures up to 108 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, trout are stressed at temperatures above 70 degrees. Um, so this is a this is a huge concern. Uh, they were never uh, required to use the best technology available, uh, which would have been a closed loop system, which would have used far less water. Um, and we know that warmer temperatures are a contributing factor to harmful algal blooms, which is a cyanobacteria toxic to both humans and animals. And just as recently as October 6th, we had record-breaking harmful al algal bloom outbreak on the northwestern quadrant of Seneca Lake where Greenwich is located. Okay. And obviously that would be, environmentally speaking, poor for people who want to enjoy the lake, people who want to fish, boat, do the, the outdoor recreational activities that people typically do and want to do in the Finger Lakes region, yeah? Well, not only that, but 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 many people like us, um, you know, we don't have we don't have public water. We have a pipe running from our house that goes directly into Seneca Lake. If there's a harmful algal bloom, we can't drink the water. We can't cook with it. We can't bathe with it. We certainly can't offer water to our animals because it's deadly to, you know, dogs will die if they are exposed to harmful algal blooms. So uh, it, it's a huge problem for, for property owners around the lake who get their water directly from, you know, Seneca Lake. And how many people get their water that way in the area? You know, I'm not sure. I haven't quantified that. Um, okay. But but what I can tell you is that Seneca Lake serves as a drinking water resource for 100,000 people. So it's not just the, the property owners that line the lake. Uh, you know, Seneca Lake is a drinking water source for many municipalities around the lake who don't have the technology to remove these harmful algal blooms uh, from the drinking water systems. So obviously there's a huge environmental concern here, a uh, giant mm -hmm. environmental impact. I know, and in, in you did um, a talk not too long ago, and I saw it on YouTube with the system change, not climate change folks. It's about an hour and a half long. Um, I'll probably link it because it really gives you a really nice summation of a lot of things. But some of the criticism, obviously, being, you know, from a economic perspective, right? These are people who don't want to, uh, you know, advance the local economy. They don't. They don't understand what Bitcoin is, why it's important. Um, obviously, there's a lot of responses there. But if you could elaborate for me a little bit as to the economic impact or um, how important or not important Bitcoin mining is to the region itself, because that's what's most important. Bitcoin, sure, uh, operates all over the world. But if all the power and pollution is being pumped into this particular area, it impacts the local residents more than anybody else on the planet. 
Without a doubt, Caleb, uh, th- that's that's one of our major concerns, and that is why we have, you know, Seneca Lake Guardian has a business coalition uh, with over 500 members. It reads like a who's who in the Finger Lakes wineries, um, grape growers, uh, and this is one of their major concerns, right? I mean, we have spent generations building the Finger Lakes brand, and our livelihood depends on clean air and clean water for its survival. That uh, that industry, the finger, agriculture and tourism industry in the Finger Lakes, uh, particularly around Seneca Lake, which is in the heart of the region, generates uh, $3 billion into New York State's economy every year and supports 58,000 jobs. Greenwich, on the other hand, uh, provides very little benefit to the community and puts all of that at risk. So, um, and and here's one of the greenwashing techniques that Greenwich has done. Uh, just keeping in mind that Greenwich is probably making, depending on the value of Bitcoin, about three hundred and sixty thousand dollars a day. Okay. And what they've done is. Uh, they sprinkle donations around the community uh, with the hope of winning the hearts and minds of some of the members within the, you know, the, the, the region. They brag that they donated about $275,000 to various organizations and groups within uh, the county in 2021 that's less than what they earn in a day. Um, but they're, you know, they're trying to influence people within the community with these sprinkling of corporate, you know, dollars. And, it, you know, it, as far as I'm concerned, people are getting bought off pretty cheaply if, if, that's, <laughs> if that's all it takes, um, you know, to ingratiate yourself into a community when you're, um, you know, exploiting all of our natural resources and polluting our, our, our system. Um, it just, you know, I, I'm not disparaging the community, the, the, you know, the, the organizations that accepted these donations, good on them um, for getting some help, but uh Boy, you got to question why that why Greenwich is doing that and what's their motive. Well, there's there's a I'll move right over to a press release that they sent out here in November November nineteenth, uh, two thousand one, where they have quite a few bullet points from the Yates County Legislator, which kind of bullet point a lot of the stuff that you were saying there. Uh, you know, here it says Greenwich created forty five high paying jobs in Yates County. Um, that they've done what they're supposed to do through the DEC because they already have the permit. Um, I mean, among a, a bunch of other things in this press release, they're also have gotten the, the okay from uh, the IBEW and the Yates County Farm Bureau. I don't know, you know, how or, or what those relationships are, especially with the Yates County Farm Bureau. But I imagine that for you guys trying to fight this fight, um, that does it feel like it turns into uh, a battle? You know, you've you've got battle lines drawn. There's uh, your business coalitions along with your organizations, and then you have a corporation along with with their businesses and organizations on both sides. And when push comes to shove, does this all just boil down to how 
the New York state government in this particular case ultimately deals with or decides how to move forward with this? Yes. I mean, you raise a good point. This is an uphill battle. Uh, Greenwich has not one, but at least three, last I checked, public relations firms working for them. So you've got this slick public relations campaign going on, uh, very aggressive. I've never seen anything like it. And this isn't our first rodeo, uh, but they are extremely aggressive trying to push this corporation uh, and discredit grassroots community organizations like ours. Uh, so we are relying heavily on the New York State uh, Governor Hochul and her Department of Environmental Conservation. Fortunately, in New York State, we have a, a bold climate initiative called the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act which is aimed at reducing greenhouse gas emissions and increasing renewable energy uh, sources for the public. And um, I I believe that this is a test case uh, for how seriously Governor Hochul and her Department of Environmental Conservation are going to, uh, you know, take their law and, and, and implement it. Commissioner Sagos from the DEC did tweet that Greenwich is not in compliance with New York State's climate law recently. Uh, Greenwich has a Title V air permit, which is up for renewal. And uh, New York's climate law requires that you uh, factor in not only the emissions coming out of the stack, but what they call upstream emissions as well. So that means they have to factor in the emissions starting at the drilling rig, going through the pipeline, into the power plant, and out the stack. And Greenwich calculates that if you if you factor in both on-site and upstream emissions, that they're going to be emitting over a million tons of CO2 equivalents into the atmosphere every year. Now, New York State goal is to reduce the entire state's greenhouse gas emissions annually to 15 million tons. And this single outdated power plant that's not providing any public good would be emitting over a million tons of that a year. So it makes no sense to me. Six, seven percent of the entire state's cap for uh, air pollution, right? That's right. So that's that's pretty pretty wild. And to your point, the reason why we're in this position, it seems like, is that the DEC opted to just give them the original permit uh, from from the get go, as opposed to doing an an entire study validating that impact for the DEC and and the the waste portion of this is the lake itself and the water itself affected by this permit or is this just strictly an air permit this is strictly the the air permit renewal uh the 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 water renewal is uh due in september of this year so we'll have another bite at the apple environmentally if we can't shut it down before then uh to talk about the water withdrawal and discharge that's going to be a big thing um so, but we're hoping that we don't have to wait until September of 2022. I mean, we are in the middle of a climate crisis right now. 
And New York is experiencing severe weather events already. I mean, climate change is here and we don't have a second to spare. So we're really hoping that something happens uh, not only with the Greenwich facility, but across New York state. And as for that matter, nationally uh, with, with the, you know, environmental impacts of this industry. So ultimately is the goal of you and your, your organization to shut down the facility specific, or is it to enforce or, or have the government be able to enforce something similar to, you know, Hey, you can still do this, but it has to be hundred percent renewable energy. Or, uh, I think I heard on the, the talk that you gave, uh, with system, system change, not climate change was comparing this to the, the Hummers back in, was it like 2002, 2003, they became pretty popular and they were a big gas guzzling thing. I think you referenced that the government had put in stipulations as to the miles per gallon. There was a limit. You had to have X amount of miles per gallon in order for you to be able to operate a vehicle like that. Is that something that's also in the books here? Or is the goal to just to completely say, no, this this is just not functional. It's not operational. We need to get rid of it. Well, you know, um, people have differing opinions on this. Right now, my opinion, and I'm uh, always subject to change, but currently sure, my sure. <laughs> my position is that there are other forms of cryptocurrency. We're not at this point uh, totally against blockchain technology. It has many uses that are beneficial to society. And we believe that cryptocurrency is here to stay. Um, so what we're advocating for is let's use other forms of cryptocurrency like proof of stake models that use 99.9% less energy rather than using proof of work cryptocurrency, which is the, the Bitcoin model that's being used today. So the energy consumption, well, not necessarily energy consumption. It's it's how they're getting their energy that ultimately is the current concern. It's not cryptocurrency itself. It's not the fact that it uses so much power. It's the fact of how the power is generated, which is ultimately where we are uh, with this this issue. It's again, it's not trying to stop economic growth. It's not trying to stop innovation. You're just looking to make sure that regardless of what innovation comes out in growth, it's done in a practical way that's that's not impactful to the rest of us collectively. 100%. Yes. And you know, we we have to everything we do going forward, we have to consider climate. Uh or else we won't have a planet to leave for future generations, right? So, um, you know, using proof of work cryptocurrency in this day and age in the middle of a climate crisis uh makes absolutely no sense to us. And um, it, it would be like using a 1970s, you know, energy hogging refrigerator rather than getting an Energy Star approved refrigerator. You it just it's dumb, sure. <laughs> in, in my opinion. Um, and, and, and you mentioned renewable energy sources to power Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. We considered that as well. Uh, the only challenge we see with 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 doing it that way is we right now need every green electron going to the public for our own use to power uh, energy efficient vehicles. Uh, you know, we, we can't be sparing renewable energy sources 
for private Bitcoin use at this time. Maybe sometime in the future, <laughs> once we've satisfied all of our renewable energy needs for the public. But right now, that that's not a, a good alternative. Okay. And it's not based on the fact that with obviously a growing population and trying to get rid of things like vehicles, gas-powered vehicles, moving to EVs, that's obviously going to put a strain on the grid and we don't have those resources to spare for an operation like the one operating there on Seneca Lake. Okay. I, I never right. really considered that, especially in the future going forward. In the next five years, I'm sure, 10 years, hopefully less. But either way, right, there's, there's going to be EV vehicles and we are powering them with renewable energy sources as opposed to our fossil, for, fossil fuel burning methods that, that still exist today. Exactly. Yeah. I, again, I've never considered that, right? Um, yeah. Moving forward, obviously you guys have learned a lot as a group, as an organization. How are you going about trying to share that information with other communities that might be up against the same problem or in the beginning stages of seeing old power plants being converted over to, uh, you know, I'm going to say crypto cryptocurrency mining facilities, because to your point earlier, it's a slightly different than a data center. Ultimately, it's all data, but what you're doing with that data is different. How are you guys helping or educating or trying to communicate these things to other communities? Uh, you know, fortunately, we have been successful in helping statewide organizations, environmental watchdog groups in, in New York State, uh, realize that this is New York's top environmental priority and from there, uh, you know, we've gotten the help of people like Karen Edelstein from uh, FrackTracker.org, who is uh, researching and mapping as quickly as she possibly can uh, the other potential cryptocurrency mining facilities that are popping up across the United States. And as she does that, we are trying to reach out to those communities as best we can um, and just tell them everything we know and, and alert them to the you know potential harms uh, that their community could face if they embrace this industry. Have you guys as a group, and, and I don't know if this is even on your guys' docket or even your focus, but have you ever considered putting together a community PR playbook? Because I'm sure, as you point out, right, you've got large, slick PR firms that are I guarantee you they have playbooks on how to deal with X, Y, and Z. Is that something that you guys have considered? I think that's in the works. That That's something that uh, will be happening. You know, um, right now, at least Seneca Lake Guardian is an all-volunteer organization. I have a full-time job with a two-hour commute. So I'm putting in, you know, volunteering 40 hours a week, uh, toward this issue and other issues impacting the Finger Lakes. Um, so our time is extremely limited. We've so far been laser focused on New York State. Uh, but as we move forward, yes, uh, definitely a playbook to help other communities is, is in the pipeline. Pardon the expression. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Um <laughs> For Seneca Lake Guardian, um, you know, I listened to you on another podcast with with James Cox, I believe, um, and you guys were originally uh, gas free Seneca, and there was a pretty significant uh, battle of storing fracked gas in an old salt mine 
uh, if I'm not mistaken. And there's a few other things on your website, the Romulus incinerator, garbage landfills, coal ash landfill. There's there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, how do you guys parse out your time? Is it just whatever's coming up on the docket is just what you guys are running to? Or do you guys have a more formulated model as to try to try to manage that time and resource, uh, you know, fighting the battles that you guys are fighting. Yeah. I'll have to say it's extremely challenging, uh, and very, very frustrating. Uh, it's like playing whack-a-mole as soon as you, you know, punched away one predatory corporation, another one pops up. It's, it's almost impossible to catch your breath. Um, so, you know, I think we had maybe four months of reprieve where we thought, okay, now what, what, let's, let's step back and think of what else we can do. And then, you know, the Bitcoin mining facility pops up. So it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's like trying to put out fires rather than have a long range plan at this point. Uh, we could certainly use help from uh, other people who might be potentially interested in working with us on this because it is, it's so important. And, um, you know, one of the things that we're hopeful for is Congress is currently considering the Finger Lakes region uh, to be a designated national heritage area, which will be helpful for us in the future. Uh, but right now we're on our own and, um, you know, it's up to people who are volunteering their time uh, very passionately uh, to protect uh, this region and, and beyond uh, for generations to come. And from the government perspective, I know not too long ago, Senator Warren asked for or sent a letter uh, over to not just Greenage, if I'm not mistaken, but just general Bitcoin mining operations across the country. Is that something as well that you guys are trying to uh, target, whether it's, uh, in, in my phrasing probably is, is incorrect here, but uh, people or, or uh, government officials sympathetic to your position or understand where you're coming from. Is that also part of your target and plan to try to increase awareness across, again, not just New York, but the country in this case? Definitely. Yes. Um, one of our missions is to help educate and inform key decision makers and lawmakers uh, about this critical issue. Um, and Senator Warren, uh, you know, we worked hand in hand with her uh, staff to try and help them, uh, you know, understand how important the issue is and how important the Greenwich facility is as the test case uh, for, you know, repowering and resurrecting decommissioned or underutilized power plants uh, for the purpose of uh, mining Bitcoin. So that letter that she wrote was directed specifically to Greenwich. And I believe the deadline for Greenwich's response was yesterday, January 7th. Um, so we're interested to see if Greenwich did, in fact, respond. Gotcha. Well, at this point, as far as, as Seneca Lake and Greenwich is concerned, what point are we at now? I know that the you had mentioned before we started the public portion of the of the DEC renewal application has been closed. Are we just waiting to see what the DEC says at this point? Yes. Uh, and as well as, you know, constantly putting pressure on Governor Hochul to do the right thing. Um, there's a there's a, a daily campaign to call Governor Hochul 
uh, to encourage her to adopt a statewide moratorium, much like they did with fracking in New York, uh, on proof-of-work cryptocurrency so that we can study the impacts on our air, our water, and our climate uh, from this industry in New York State. Um, but yes, we're waiting for the Department of in Environmental Conservation. We've been told that they received over 4,000 comments during the public comment period on their title on Greenwich's Title V air permit renewal. Um, so they're they're carefully weighing those comments. Um, the other thing that was a positive uh, update that the Department of Environmental Conservation issued recently was. Uh, amended regulations on things like air permit renewals for power plants. Um, there is a comment period open currently for that. And I believe that the deadline for comment is February 7th or 17th. The, the number seven comes to mind. Um, so people can, you know, weigh in on, on that and that will have an impact on Greenwich as well. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Yvonne. I hope nothing but the best for you and your organization. I know I will be watching closely to see what the outcome is here. Um, and again, thank you so much. Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate it. <laughs>